this is death by PowerPoint. So this is, um, this is where, unfortunately, you know, people have put in so much effort because they want to share so much of their knowledge, but they're just not going about it the right way. And this is when the audience checks out. So once they've checked out, that's it. You've lost your audience and you have, you're losing this um, opportunity to make that impact. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedlack, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Fern. Fern, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm chuffed to be here. Excited. Thanks for having me. So give us kind of the highlight of who you are and what you'd love to do for work. Okay. Well, I'm an author. As you can see, I wrote the book. Oh, I can never figure out where I'm pointing. <laughs> How to not suck at presentations. And I have a background actually in higher education and training adult learners. So I do a lot of presentations and I do a lot of training and speaking, of course. Um, and what I noticed was a lot of people were just killing their audience with death by PowerPoint. So I wrote this book to really help people be better presenters, but also how do I help presenters be more engaging so they can connect with their audience and also make their message memorable? How many of us go through, go to like conferences or listen to things where we just forget everything the moment the speaker stops speaking, right? I mean, if I was one of those people, if I was a presenter and that happened, I'd be so crushed. I put so much effort, all my knowledge, and then everybody just sort of either fell asleep or looked at their phone. So I figured like, <laughs> there's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> well, and I think it's the ones who put the most amount of effort into it that become the most boring, which is really sad to see. But we're going to get into all of those pillars in a minute. How did you get into presentations as a thing? Like, why did, why did that appeal to you the most out of all the things that you could have done? Well, you know, it was part of my job function. So prior to, you know, um, transitioning over to being an entrepreneur, I was working uh, in higher education. And so a lot of the work that I had to do required me to do a lot of presenting, a lot of training, and a lot of boring, dry material. And I'm like, <laughs> boy, I, this is really crucial information. I have to train these people. If they don't get this, you know, there could be some lives that are at stake here because I was training um, law enforcement officers and we were doing very high level training where I had to get them to, how can I communicate this message to you so you can get across the other person without having to draw your weapon, right? I want you to be able to use your communication skill as a tool belt. That's something that you grab here before you grab anything else, right? So I was like, but if I can't make them hear what I'm saying and it's just going in one ear and out the other, this is, this is not really effective training, not really you know, um, impacting what I need them to hear. So I thought I got to think of a better way, but also, you know, I was presenting at a lot of conferences and I was seeing a lot of nodding heads in other people's presentations. I thought, oh my God, this is, this is terrible. And keynote speakers, when I'm looking for the door, I, I'm, I'm trying to find an exit, but I can't do anything because I'm, I'm sitting. <laughs> when, when you're trying to run, that's not a good sign. Right? Yeah. So, so talk to me about kind of who you serve and support now, who is your ideal client or who comes to you the most often? So ideal, any, and it's so broad to say like anybody has to do presentations, anybody speaks. right? <laughs> but it's true. But I think, you know, if, if yeah. you are a leader, if you're a business leader, right. And you have to convince, you know, your, your, your staff members, or even, you know, you have a mission you have to get across. How is it, that you, how can you get that out to your audience, to your staffers? So they're all on the same page, right? And, and mission statements are the most boring things, but like if they don't have a direction and you can't clearly articulate that, then you're going to be in trouble. And this is not just for leaders, right? So it also can be for people who are in business, who if you're a business professional, you are tasked to sometimes to have to present 
KPIs, monthly sales reports, all the sort of kind of dry, boring stuff, compliance measures, right? But still, you want to be able to do a good job so that your, your supervisor, your boss can say, wow, um, Michelle's a great presenter. She's a great communicator. I'm going to like remember because she's such a great, she, she got her message across. I'm going to remember her, right? So when you leave that impression because you had a clear communicator and you made an impact in your audience, that opens up so many doors. Now, if you are an entrepreneur, and you have to get up there and sell your service or your product, you want to let people know how you can help them. But if you get stuck in the, oh gosh, what am I going to say? And I can do this, and I can do that. And then, and you know, 50 things later, people don't remember what you gave them. And it's the same with, you know, uh, people in my field in higher education, a lot of researchers, a lot of academics, they love to put up all their research. And I mean, all their research, right? <laughs> Bullet point. You get a and, white paper full of a, on a PowerPoint. It's like, oh, <laughs> and then they sort of read them off verbatim, like a teleprompter. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is, this is, this is death by PowerPoint. So this is, um, this is where, unfortunately, you know, people have put in so much effort because they want to share so much of their knowledge, but they're just not going about it the right way. And this is when the audience checks out. So once they've checked out, that's it. You've lost your audience and you have, you're losing this um, opportunity to make that impact. And nobody wants that. Exactly. Well, and I, th we were talking uh, the other day about this in that, you know, everybody knows the stat that people would rather die than, than give the eulogy. <laughs> because they'd rather, you know, it's one of the biggest fears that's out there. And I think the reason that it's one of the biggest fears that's out there is because they think they need to be prepared to an nth degree whereby they have it memorized and their showmanship and there's this, that, and the other thing, and which is not true at all. And in fact, those can be some of the most boring ones as well. Uh, to watch. And I think people just don't realize that there's a certain element to having a great talk that when you know those elements, you can get up and present and feel confident without having done this talk, you know, 27 times. Yep. It's, you know, you practice it a couple of times, you got it. And then you run, do your rehearsal and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, and then they get easier and easier. So let's get into kind of the components that you're teaching about what they need to know and how, and how that can help them. Yeah. So I actually have a, I actually have a formula to set people up for success with it. And it's in the book. So I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So if you're a Star Wars aficionado, you're going to appreciate this, but I use C3PO as like a bit of a framework, right? So C stands for clarity. You need clarity on the three Ps. And what are the three Ps? P1 is purpose, right? Know why you're presenting. Why does this matter to your audience, right? So we want to know like, okay, so I'm going to watch my language here. Like, um, why should people give a shiitake as to what you have to say, right? How is that it Japanese? Goes? Yes, yes, but I'm Chinese. Don't watch your French, watch your Japanese. Yeah, watch your Japanese, right? Uh, so why would they give a shiitake, right? With what you have to say and how would this, you know, make, why would they want to listen to you, right? So that's, that's your first P, the purpose. Uh, so it can't be about you, it's about them. And that comes to the second P, the people who are the people who's the audience that you're talking to so there needs to be a connection as to like what is the common interest so here's the thing if you're putting a presentation together or you you know you're speaking about a specific topic you kind of already have an intended audience right you're not just like putting this together from your from from you know out of nowhere <laughs> so you're you're doing it because either 
you've been told to do it by your job. You know, you've been voluntold because you had to give your monthly presentation sales numbers or whatever, or you're speaking on a specific topic because maybe you're presenting at a conference and you want to share your findings or whatever that is. So you already know, right? There's a bit of a, a, a topic to guide you and why these people would come and listen to you is because they have an interest. What is that one thing? And how is it they're going to solve this problem for them, right? What is it that would intrigue them? I always say that, we as human beings are very self-interested, right? We want to know what's in it for me. <laughs> so if I'm going to come to listen to you, I want to know what's in it for me. What am I going to learn from you, right? So you need to have that clarity first on that purpose and then your people, like who are you speaking to? So there's no disconnect. Mm -hmm. And then the other P that I don't think people think so much about, it's also the place and also sort of placement. I sort of like squeeze in that second P there. Place by being like, is this a virtual event? So if you're speaking in a virtual event like this in a Zoom, right, you have to be mindful that people can't listen to you for an hour. <laughs> like a talking head, you've got to do some other things to get some interactivity. So they're just, you know, so they're, 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 be, they're able to follow you and not just, you know, be droned out zombies or zombies like to call them. Um, but if you're in person, it's a different energy. You can move around the room a little bit because eyes follow motion. So you have this opportunity to even like sit with the crowd, right? Do other things that you can't do in a Zoom session. So there are some tips and tricks that I have that will like up the in, um, interactivity and how can you get them engaged. So that's P1, P2, P3. The sort of P3 and a half is I say placement. Know what time you've been given and when you're speaking, right? So I think people also um, tend to forget the times of day. I'm always mindful. Like, am I speaking first thing in the morning when people are fresh? Or am I getting an after lunch crowd where they're kind of like digesting their lunch and possibly falling asleep? So, um, so those things should be in your mind. Like, when am I presenting this at what time so that I know, right, whether they're the most alert? And then also how much time have I been given? Just because you have a one hour slot doesn't mean you fill up the full hour. Right? Take, take at least 40 minutes of talking time because you know there's going to be tech issues perhaps. You might need to run some things. You might want to wait for a few people to come in. Again, right? always build in a bit of that extra time and don't run over time. So you need to get those sort of three keys clearly in place and the O. So we have C3P and the O. And this is the one thing I say, only give them what they need right only <laughs> so I think I sort of think in um uh in threes right only give them what they need to know not the nice to knows not like the whole laundry list of your 20 years of research that you put in there boil it down to three points only what they need to know and sort of apply the rule of three right so it's a boil it down to because our minds can take things in groups of three. That's why I have C3PO. See what I did there? So mm -hmm. it's not like C3PO. <laughs> That's too much. So what are the three things? I can handle three things, right? Just like looking at the Pop-Tart instructions, you know, if you look at the Pop-Tart instructions, what it says, open Pop-Tart, pop in toaster, put in mouth. That's it. Three steps. <laughs> That's why people do things in simplicity. So if you can boil it down to that three things just to set up your framework, you'll be in good shape. Uh, but there's more to it than that, right? I mean, it's, it's all very well to say this, but I also like to use um, a Jedi framework, another framework <laughs> that's, you know, helping people tell the story of how you move people through your presentation, because we are wired to listen to stories, right? We don't remember facts and figures, but if I told you, like, what would happen if Luke Skywalker did not defeat the evil empire? What if the dark side one. 
right? It's like, oh my God, what would happen, right? So, you know, how did Luke overcome that fear? How did he overcome that, that insecurity whether he had it to, in him to be the Jedi? Could he use that force and get that damn blaster through that tiny hole and destroy the Death Star, right? Um, we're all sort of wound up because we're like, once we open up that loop of like a story, what do we naturally do? we put ourselves in the narrative because we see ourselves as like the protagonist. Nobody wants to see themselves as the villain or the, or the victim, but they see themselves as like the main character, which is most likely the hero. So if you're the hero, I'm your Yoda. I'm going to guide you to get from this pickle of, you know, hey, you all do boring presentations right now, but at the end, I'm going to make you a badass presenter so nobody ever falls asleep the next time you present. So if somebody has to do their annual review, say, uh, and they they are tasked with presenting to the rest of the company, and it's like, hey, tell us what your department did last year. And they're like, <laughs> I like, oh, kill me now. I don't even want to give that presentation. <laughs> to hear that presentation. Um, how do how does somebody start with like how do you create a framework around that without going? In January, we did this. In February, we did that. In March, we did this. And the statistics for this and the ROI was that. And oh my, I know. <laughs> it's so linear. I know data is actually one of the, the, the biggest um, death by PowerPoint killers, right? This is why you right. lose the most of your audience. And I think what happens is we give too much data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're tasked with giving the data, how do you, how do you, how do you make it entertaining? Um, so I wrap a story around the data. Right. So you could do like a a point reveal. It's one of those things where you can build a story around the data. Um, So, you know, so I'll give you an example. One of the things that I had to teach was um, statistics, uh, some some really depressing statistics. (laughs) You said enough right there. It's like, okay. I I know. So (laughs) I was I was trying to impress on my audience of law enforcement officers. You know, they were like, why? Why are you all responding to so many calls? Because, you know, your jobs have gotten so much harder is because there's been a huge spike in mental illness, right? Since the pandemic, a lot more depression, uh, depression, anxiety. So all of them, when people are in crisis, they call 911. And unfortunately in the States, we do not have the comprehensive services that they can say, oh, I'm going to send a, a social worker. I'm going to send a mental health care mm-hmm. worker. We're also not programmed to think that way. So who do we call first? The cops. So these law enforcement officers come on and they now have to figure out, oh my God, what do I do with all these people who are, right? So how do I communicate with them, right? Now, what I was trying to tell them was, is like, listen, you're seeing this spike. It's because there is now 750,000, whatever the ridiculous number it was, um, now people suffering from depression. And they were like, 900,000, what does that look like? It's like, right. okay. You right? lost me after 10. <laughs> I know. So like, so imagine Yankee Stadium, packed to the gills, right? And you're stuck in the nosebleed section paying $9 for hot dog and poor beer, right? Imagine World Series. Like, it's like everything is so 900 people in there, right? So it's, it's, it's a huge amount of people. I think it's like 18,000, whatever the maximum capacity is. Now I want you to multiply that few 18 times. So 18 full Yankee saves of people, all that all that overpriced beer and hot dogs and all that, right? Um, and that amount of people is still not, it does not even equate to the number of people suffering from depression in New York City, right? So I think people can sort of feel that number because they can equate that to something that they can relate. So numbers is something that you 
is so intangible. You have mm. to like wrap it around something that people can like get their heads around, right? Well, what? and you gave me a horrifying image because I'm thinking, oh, I would not want to be a cop in that <laughs> Yankee Stadium with all of those people all, you know, all of a sudden yeah. going from $2 a hot dog to $9 a hot oh dog. Oh my God. And, going, I... and, and it was a, it is a perfect metaphor because it takes into account the inflation, the close proximities, the the everything. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great metaphor for for that feeling. And I think that would make it easier for people to see it. So when we can take kind of whatever it is that we're talking about and bring it in, um, something that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with that. And yet it creates p- perfect picture for it. Yeah. And you yeah, were also, it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's like trying to make that data relatable, right? How can I make you, um, how can I make you see something beyond these numbers that you feel something about, right? It's, it's like, you know, I, I can trot out any numbers out there and it's so huge. There's nothing you can imagine what that's like. But now if I say, imagine Yankee Stadium at full capacity, any New Yorker, even if you're not a baseball fan, right? <laughs> you know, knows where Yankee Stadium is. Even if you're a Mets fan, they know where Yankee Stadium is, right? So I think, you know, it's like, those are some of the things that like, what can I weave around this that would resonate with my audience, right? Could be location-based. So if you're in Canada, maybe it's ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, I do have a little bit more of a, an inkling towards Madison Square Garden, but you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you won't be speaking to a whole group of Canadians in New York City. That would be fun though. <laughs> I full in, in my class so you know yeah my- well, and and does it distract from the story if somebody were to say give out their annual report and say okay let's just imagine for a minute that you know you guys are all super jedis and we're going after the death star and you know and this is what happened in the last year and this is where we're going is that too much of a left field for people to be able to wrap their head around and go you lost me out. We're Jedi. <laughs> so yeah, I think you have to be mindful of your audience again, right? Know your people, right? I, I, I'm in my forties. <laughs> so <laughs> Knowing my audience. And I know there's some people out who've never seen a single Star Wars movie, uh, rare as it is, but oh, there are people out there. Um, so they might not appreciate that reference, right? So it might be something a little bit more local. Maybe it's something that's current right now. Um, like, songs or, or icons, you know, so whatever it is that's trending could be something that, hey, you may not know this, but you all know this, <laughs> right? And then how can you wrap a story or something that is relevant to your crowd? Again, I'm a big Frank Sinatra fan. I know who Tony Bennett is, but that might be kind of too old school for some people. <laughs> yeah. I think you're pushing it on Tony. <laughs> yeah. Kind of pushing 90 now too. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So, so we're bringing in kind of the, the metaphors, the expressions, the stories to, to be able to, and breaking down the data. So it, say somebody hypothetically is going to give their white paper. They've done a ton of research. They've done all this. They've done the report. They give kind of the highlights, the debriefing of the thing. And then how do they fill up an hour <laughs> without kind of going more in depth on the white paper? Well, I would always frame it this way, right? What, what do you want your audience to get out of this white paper, right? right? What is like the transformation almost, right? Um, what did they know before? What did you find out before? And what's the after? And what do you want your audience to do with this information? Is it just so you can spark awareness? Or do you want them to 
oh my God, this is terrible. I'm going to have to call my lawmakers to change something. <laughs> or is it as simple as like, I want you to give me your email so I can share with you all these other juicy stuff, but I'm just giving you top level stuff to whet your appetite about something. So I think we give too much information, right? But those white papers is too much information. I would almost take strip it away, strip it down to the barest things that you can do. Like, again, take it down to three things. We capacity of a goldfish here. <laughs> you know, I always like to say, um, let's say we have a, a martini, not to have a martini glass. Let's say we have um, my wonderful cup here, my US open cup, right? This is how much um, not, this is how much capacity I have to take in information. Now look at this mama jama big bottle I have. <laughs> if I fill this cup to the top, and then the cup runneth over, it doesn't matter that I have 64 ounces of information to share with you. I only have 12 ounces of capacity and everything after that is going to spill over. So if you don't want to have people not listening past a certain point because they've maxed out on what they can take in, then make sure what you give them is only going to fit within this vessel. So boil it down to three things, right? What is that one thing that you want? What is the biggest problem here, Right. And how did you figure out a way to solve that problem? Or did you figure out a way to solve that problem? And then how do you, what's the end result, right? Did things get better? Did things get worse? If it got worse, and I'll say, okay, now we're in a bigger situation <laughs> that we started out with. And now we got to really get to work. So you're painting this dire picture of what happened in the end and how your research helped to uncover whatever that may be, right? But you cannot go into the 64 ounces because <laughs> they're going to stop listening. And then it's, again, all that wasted juju. Um, and you're just not going to feel good about yourself, right? I mean, I don't know how you would feel, Michelle, if then you saw people falling asleep and you're feeling, oh my God, I put in so much effort into these. Why don't these people care? Yeah. Not they don't care. It's just that they, 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 maxed out on the capacity to, to take in your information. Nice. So can you give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients? Um, Cinderella story of one of my clients. So let's see. So I have a client who, um, who, who was a death by PowerPointer. <laughs> Again, you know, she, she was used to, um, she followed examples that she saw before, right? Which was like, oh, I'll just pop up a bullet point and talk about it. And so it was just lots of lines and lines of bullet point. And then eventually it became like a crutch, right? She could not do it without those lines and lines. Oh, powerful. I'm like, um, I'm like, I'll, I'll just use a student, but don't out this, this dear friend of mine. I'm um, Cheryl. You do realize that you're now just reading line by line. And if you read, they're not going to listen to you anymore because they can read, right? And also people can't read and listen at the same time. So why don't you do this? Instead of having all these lines of text, I want you to use an image to show the idea or concept of what you're trying to say, Right. And then use that image, pop it on the back, like, you know, full bleed so people can see. You know how people say like a picture is worth a thousand words, Michelle? Well, they don't need to read the thousand words. But, you know, they can glean from that picture what it's trying to tell them. And as they are looking at that picture, I want you to narrate 
narrate the story of what you're going to tell, right? Do you see this beautiful beach of where you are right now in Hawaii, lazing on the beach and being able to like soak in the sun and smell the copper tone on you, ordering Mai Tais by the beach and all that? This could be your life when you transition to being a... Um, an entrepreneur working your own hours rather being stuck by a desk, chained to your desk nine to five, right? So you're painting that image of what this life could be versus stuck in the office nine to five, traveling in the, in, in you know, um, traffic and all of that. People can see that, right? And instantly, you don't need bullet points for that. They can see the picture. They're picturing themselves in there. <laughs> yeah, I want to smell copper tone and have my ties by the beach and then work the hours that I want and not be glued to my desk, chained to my desk nine to five, you know, working a W2, as we say. So I'm like, try that rather than, you know, listing out all those sort of bullet points. And guess what? <laughs> Everybody, I was like, oh my God, that's the life I want, right? So again, so much just using images the way that you can to evoke feeling you can get a lot more people respond to that because they can feel it right so I like to say use like memory and emotion so use an image uh, that evokes emotion and that gives you that long-term memory because you know people don't remember what you say but they remember how you made them feel so if I see this beautiful beach image I'm like yes I want to be hot and sunny and I'm laughing because I want to be that you know, I'm going to remember that a lot more than bullet points, dates, facts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what was that again? Yeah. So that's, um, that was a really good, good way for um, my friend Cheryl <laughs> to get her message out there and not lose her audience to sleep. I love it. So other than death by PowerPoint. So one, if you're doing a presentation and it's all words, <laughs> you have death by PowerPoint, guarantee it. And if you have, you know, screens of PowerPoints that all look exactly the same one after the other, you have death by PowerPoint. Um, there's a few other giveaway kind of secrets to that, but other than death by PowerPoint, what is, might somebody be going through right now, listening to this going, oh my God, Fern, I need you so badly. What are the stumbling blocks that they're hitting or the obstacles that they're facing? Um, I think a good chunk of it, and I'm, I'm going to assume that most people who have to present already are, are over some of that anxiety, right? Some of it's like, oh, I have to do it anyway. So um, <laughs> they might not be over the anxiety. It, so anxiety true. would be another one. Yeah, That's yeah. true. But you know what? <laughs> yep. As seasoned as I am, I get butterflies too. And it's just, it's just a natural uh, reaction. And I, it's a good thing. You just have to reframe that. It's like, you know what? I am sharing my genius with the world and all these butterflies I'm feeling is just the genius waiting to get out into the world, right? So we sort of reframe some of this and it's okay to mess up. I want people to know that it's okay to mess up, right? People want you to be um, authentic, be as authentic as yourself. And you know what? Messing up is okay because a lot of people in the audience would rather it be you than them <laughs> speaking. So they'll be a lot more patient and gracious than you think. Uh, but yeah, absolutely be prepared. I'm not saying... Um, don't memorize everything, but again, know it well enough that should something go wrong, you can still speak to your knowledge and go, you know what? The tech gods are just not with us today because it's happened to me before where everything just like, oh, what happened to the, oh, not, oh okay, but you know that's what? Like, you have me. no PowerPoint today, yay. No, but that's okay because, you know, I know this well enough that I can just talk to you and, and talk about some of these parts. So one is, you know, overcoming some of the anxiety and being prepared enough to know that, hey, if something goes wrong, I can fall back on what I know because you're already speaking to your zone of genius, right? Usually when you're speaking, it's like, you should know your subject matter so well that should, shh, the talk, you hit the fan. 
<laughs> you are, you'll be able to manage any sort of these, um, uh, you know, uh, disasters that might happen. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes it's just, you know, I always like to say, if you're presenting, try to do it in a way that you're like having a conversation with your best friend. If you need to tell somebody about your newest idea or a new service or a product, you know, it's like, you know, how would I explain this to my my best friend? Like, hey, listen, I have this new thing that I'd love to share my idea with you, right? And so it's more natural when you can sound that way rather than going all technical and all that. Also, you know, helpful to put it through the mom test. How would my mother... <laughs> who might not have any knowledge in this, uh, receive this information and follow along, right? And, and if it's too technical, it is what it is, right? Sometimes you are speaking to an audience of scientists and they know all the jargon and they can follow along. This is part of knowing your audience. It's okay to go to that level. But if you're speaking to more like the layperson, and it's always sort of thinking about that audience experience, I always say, when you're speaking to your audience, how do you want them to feel? right? What is it that you want them to experience with you and take along on this journey? So at the end, they're going to feel like, wow, that was amazing. Like, oh, I got really, I got a lot from that. Um, rather than like, oh, Jesus, what was that all about? <laughs> right? So it's, it's you know, again, um, having that wonderful storytelling technique framework. So you can, you know, take them through from point A to point B without just, you know, dumping everything. We don't want a brain dump. We want, we want a structure of how you can get from a to B with some sort of outcome or some something that you can inspire action that they'll remember, right? Right, I love it. So I know our audience is going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Well, just go to my website. You can go to my website at fernchan.com. I do actually have a quiz that you can test yourself and see where you are on my suck meter. I'm going to have the suck meter here. Um, <laughs> I should put it up here. It's a little obnoxious. I don't you see it. <laughs> so, uh, it, it will take you through a series of questions just to see where you are as a speaker, right? Um, again, it it shows you where your strengths are, some areas where you might need some some um, enhancement, some <laughs> some development. Uh, so I offer, um, I have a course, and also you can get my book, right? You can also pick up my book. Uh, you can, uh, it's available at all bookstores. I'm on Amazon, um, so that's on ebook. You can get a paperback. So. Um, at first bear of entry, you can always get in at the book. I have a course. I also offer free masterclasses. So by all means, go to my website, fernchan.com. I would love to see you in my live free masterclass when I offer them. It's really helping people to level up and also avoid those three deadly mistakes that people do when they give presentations. Um, so then you can level up your skills. I love it. So I get to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Oh my God. Um, special kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Do I know that yet? Do I recognize that? You should, I, I think you've recognized that. I do. I know. I feel like I, I've been dabbling, you know, crossing over from sane to insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this sort of happened more by my when I first wrote I'm totally the, stealing that. I'm a sanity dabbler. <laughs> uh, exactly. I sort of dabble, you know, I, 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 I like dabble to, in sanity. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like to uh, go from from one to the other. No, when I first wrote the book uh, in 2021, so this was like you know the height of the pandemic and all that. It's like mm -hmm. I um I I was like oh maybe I'll start a side business with it. I didn't think about it so much until it it really um took off. I thought you know what I I could do something with this and I can build a course out. Uh, and the more um, we were seeing more 
Zoom meetings and and more sort of online stuff. I thought, wait, this 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 is definitely where people can <laughs> up their game and be better presenters and and not turn people into Zoomies. And they can do that if you know just use some of these tips and tricks that I do when I present. And in all honesty, I mean, I used to be a death by PowerPoint. It wasn't until I realized, like, oh my god, I'm popping everybody up with these bullet points. It changed so. Um, so I, I've committed some of the same sins, right? And I just thought, listen, if people are going to give me their time to listen to me, I want to honor that and make sure they come away with something of value at the end. Nice. I love it. So in, in your journey as an entrepreneur, do you have any blooper moments that you can share with us? Oh my God. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So, um, yep. I, uh, my, yep. Uh, Nobody shows up to the first one. Like, you know, nobody, yep. When you, you yeah. post something, oh, my most recent one, when the, the whole webinar platform just didn't work. <laughs> I had all these people waiting. I'm like, oh my God, I had to switch out platforms and I lost half the people. And oh. you know what? It is what it is, right? Sometimes we you learn or you grow. And then it's like, you know what? It wasn't too bad. In that moment when it, things didn't work, you know, it's like when when the shiitake hits the fan, put on your put on your goggles because we're going to now figure out, okay, you know, you, you, you get to be very good at problem solving and you just got to keep going. You know, I think one of the things that you, you learn about yourself as an entrepreneur is how much grit that you had and to not give up at the first sign of um, failure because it's not really failing. You're just learning. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Okay. But at least now I know when this fails, I can do this. Maybe I need to tweak my message. But, oh, I forgot to do this. You know, all these sort of things are part of the, the, the growing. And then, you know, it's like when you get punched in the face the first time, the next time you're going to duck because <laughs> you learned the lesson, you know? So, um, yeah. Well, Frank, you've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Um, I just say, again, be the presenter that everybody wants to hear, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I will... Make your message memorable. Go out there and make your message memorable. Nice, I love it. Brent, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and I know how valuable it is. Thank you. Awesome, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.